Hello, how are you doing today? Um, this is Saving Your Soul with Dolly, and my name is Dolly Barker, and I am very grateful that you've tuned in today. I hope that this is a blessing to you. Today is going to be a little bit different than what I've been doing in the past because the Lord has um, instructed me over the last couple of weeks here. He's been talking to me about a message that He wants me to um, teach and it's quite different from what I usually talk about. And so, you know, at first I'm just like, well, I don't know about this. Is this really the right time? You know, I mean, I just had to muddle over it and pray about it and think about it. And then um, the Lord just insisted. And so I said, okay, God, it's your plan, not my plan. I'm going to go with it. And I I ministered. Um, in our church about it this week and I've been studying it and researching and I've come to the conclusion that you know um, our daddy God has literally um, stood up you know when I was a kid and we would be playing and we'd be running around screaming and arguing and carrying on um, that was all one thing but when mother decided enough was enough she would get dad involved and he would stand up and we would stop immediately and i'm i'm just i feel like the lord wants me to share this i'm not a big doom and gloom kind of preacher i like you know being positive and motivational and helping people get to the next level i know that's the will of the lord and i think everything was fine in america but um the becoming non-essential has crossed a line with the Father. And so he's instructed me over in Jeremiah 10. Um, I'm going to start there. I, I hope you can get some encouragement out of this or or maybe you can um, see what the Lord is saying. Um, but he says in verse 18, For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I'm going to sling out the inhabitants of the land at this once, and I will distress them, and they may find it so. Woe! is me for my hurt. My wounds are grievous, but I said, truly it is a grief that I must bear it. My tabernacle is spoiled. All my cords are broken. My children are gone forth of me, and they are not. There is none that stretch forth my tent anymore and that set up my curtains. For the pastors have become brutish, and they've not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper, and all their flocks shall be scattered. Behold, the noise of the brood is come, and the great commotion out of the north country, to make the cities of Judah desolate and a den of dragons. O Lord, I know the way a man is not in himself, and it is in man that walketh to direct his steps. O Lord, correct me, but with judgment, not with your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. Pour out your fury upon the heathen that know you not, and upon the families that call not on your name. For they have eaten up Jacob, they've devoured him, they've consumed him, and they've made his habitation desolate. You know, whenever you start reading things like that, you're like, well, that's Old Testament. That's God's really pretty upset. And you've, you've think, well, you know, we're under grace now. We're no longer under the law. You are under grace. If you're born again, you're absolutely under the grace of God. But that grace on your life is not given to you for an occasion to the flesh. The grace on your life is not given to you so that you can go out here and do whatever you want to do and then, um, you know, not save your soul. Just submit to the enemy and become his servant and become his tool in his hand. Yes, you are saved by grace, and yes, God absolutely loves you. 
and we love you and we are supposed to love the church and we're supposed to love God and we're supposed to be um, doing all these things to help the world live a better life but there there every once in a while there is a point where God's going to set things straight you know when you declare that the church is non-essential especially when you're the church that's in America who has been responsible for generations to protect Israel and to evangelize the world. And then all of a sudden we decide one day that it's no longer essential. So we're literally saying, you know, if the body of Christ is not essential, then Jesus is not essential because he's the head of the body. And if the, if, if Jesus Christ is not essential, then God himself is not essential. And, and, you know, I guess you could do that if you were in certain circles, but in, in this circle here, this is God's house. This is, this is God's yard. This is God's toys. This is, this is all God's. And so, you know, when you're a kid and you go down to your friend's house and you're playing at their house and, and everything is theirs and it's their home and it's their stuff, you know, if, if they decide they don't like the way we're playing, you know, they get to decide that. And so seeing that everything is God's, you know, he gets to make that call. He loves us, and this is not what he wants to do. But for the future, for the prophetic agenda that is unfolding in front of us right now, for the advancement of the kingdom of God, for the salvation of the world, to set up for the second coming, for, for you know, the rapture of the church, for the Jews to be harvested and come in. You know, we're not going to just completely derail and decide, well, let's just exclude the church from off the face of the earth. You know, and, and, and I know you think, well, that's not what we did. We just didn't want them to get in crowds. And we can justify it all day long. But the truth is, right now, while people are at home, isolated, the Bible says, God said right off in the beginning, it's not good that man should be alone. And you have so many people that are suicidal and they're stressed out and they're having all kinds of issues. This is not okay. I was listening to somebody yesterday. Oh, I'm trying to think of who it was. And they literally said that when you go into a satanic worship service, everybody covers their face and stands six feet apart. And that's exactly the demand that was made on all the Christians in the world to cover your face and stand six feet apart. And we don't realize all these things are going on. And we just think, you know, well, we're just trying to be conscious and be healthy. You know, the the one thing we needed more than anything, else, we certainly needed it more than the politics. We certainly needed God more than Antifa or Black Lives Matters or the education system or um, every other agenda that's out there. You know, we certainly need God more than we need the next Supreme Court justice. I mean, you know, you can, yeah, I know we're in this world, but without God, none of us would even exist in the first place. Let me remind us that, you know, he holds our next breath. Everything in this world is his. Now, he's given it to us um, to manage with stewardship responsibilities. He's given it to us. But he's not going to let the enemy roll up in here and take it away from us. Not until the end of the book is finished the way it's supposed to be. And I just want to encourage you, um, you know, it's it's time right now. What he's literally telling me, if you if you start in Jeremiah 11 now... 
it says, um, Hear the words of this covenant and speak them unto the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Cursed is the man that does not obey the words of this covenant, which I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace, saying, Obey my voice and do them according to all that I command you, and you shall be my people and I will be your God, that I may perform the oath which I have sworn unto your fathers to give them the land that flows with milk and honey as it is this day. Okay, this America is the land that flows with milk and honey. And he has given us this land because our forefathers wanted to serve God. And here we have just been perpetually blessed and we've gotten to the point where now we're taking it for granted. You know, and I'm not saying um, that everybody's just a heathen and everybody's going to hell because most people on the Democrat side and the Republican side and Antifa and Black Lives Matters and the education system and all the people doing the abortion clinics, I'm telling you the truth. Most people in America confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Most people. So these are God's children, and everybody's as good as they know how to be. All of us are making decisions based on a, on a daily decision, based on our circumstances, based on our upbringing, based on the knowledge that we have. You know, and, and the Bible says we're destroyed for a lack of knowledge because everybody doesn't have all the knowledge they need to make good decisions. We are all in that same boat. Every one of us, yeah, I think all my decisions are right because they're all justified within myself. But I bet you, you could spend some time with me and come up with some of the decisions that I make that you don't think are the best decisions to make and vice versa. But you know what? As long as we're walking with the Lord and we're under that grace and that protection and we're teachable, he can reveal it to us and we can change and grow and get victory and continue on. But when we stop and just decide, um, no, we're not going to do it God's way anymore. We don't need God. We need science. I've I seen a commercial said that, um, you know, several times that our hope is in our science. And I thought, dear Lord, no, our hope is not in our science. Now, science is a good thing. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. And so, yeah, science can be a major blessing to us. But we didn't even know that the stars made noise until my lifetime when the guys went to outer space and the scientists got up there in the heavens and said, hey, we hear a sound. It's coming from the stars. Well, you know, the Bible tells us back in Psalms that the stars sing in the heavens together. So, you know, our science is just a few years behind God, you know, or, or the fact that we figured out, oh, this COVID, wash your hands, wash your hands. Well, yeah, the children of Israel knew they had to wash their hands in running water, which we didn't figure out until after the big plague that almost killed everybody last time. And then all of a sudden we realized, oh, wait a minute, they're washing their hands in running water. We're using this bowl on our nightstand and we're all sharing this disease and we're all families dying. We didn't figure that out, but God had it already in the word of God where he told the children of Israel, wash your hands with running water. Here we are in, in America in the last couple of hundred years, literally people getting sick and we're putting leeches on their body to suck the disease out of them and we're killing them all. And then finally somebody says, hey, you know what? The Bible says that life is in the blood. Maybe we need to quit taking all their blood out of them so that they can live. Well, ding, 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 give that guy a prize. Yeah, so if we're not gonna put our faith in science, which I could sit here and do this all day long because science is not as intelligent as God is. Now, 
is it a blessing? Isn't it wonderful that God has given us the ability to understand, to learn, to grow, to discover things in his creation? And we can use them to advance our lives and help us and heal and cure and be a blessing. Oh, it is amazing. Yes, I'm very much. Yay, science. But science is not God. We can't even still tell you everything that goes on inside the eyeball. And so, you know, we're not going to sit here and say our hope is in science because my hope is in the creator of science. And so I just wanted to, you know, give you an option there. There is another option. Or, or else you hear, you know, people say that our hope is in the government. Are you serious right now? There's more tyranny going on in this <laughs> In this world, there's more power-hungry people trying to take over and make decisions. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not trying to get in politics because politics is not our answer here. God is our answer. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're at, what side you're on. It doesn't matter. God is our answer. And whenever you're, you're looking at all these situations over here and somebody said, well, we need, you know, government is going to fix us, is going to save us. No, it's not. And the last time we had a king over us, who was deciding that we would get one health care package and they would get a better health care package. Or, or, you know, we will get this break, but they're going to get a better break. Or we could be charged with this crime, but they are exempt from that crime. You know, all of a sudden now what we're looking at here, you know, the last time we had a king ruling over us, the last time we had people ruling over us that thought that what they had coming to them should be superior than what we have coming to us. I believe there was some Boston Tea Party is going on. I believe a little bit of American Revolution going on. And, you know, I'm just saying, you can't take people who Jesus Christ has set free and then put them in bondage to serve you when you're not in subjection to God to the point where you believe that it's not even essential to have a relationship with the Lord. I'm just letting you know now that this whole thing is about to get straightened out. God doesn't want to do it. It's not his plan. He didn't just jump up one day and just be in a bad mood and decide I'm going to clean house. No, but he's instructed me that he is moving forward and he is going to straighten all this out. And he wanted me to share this. He's been telling me to preach this. And so I'm going to continue to do it until I figure out how, because this is from such a different place than anything I've ever even preached. I mean, I know what the words say. But the heart behind it, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to relate to the heart behind it. I'm trying to understand what God is saying. I know that my children, they're better off today because I corrected them righteously. I corrected them when they needed to be corrected so that they could go forward and become successful. And so today they are. But had I just not corrected them when they needed to be corrected, then, you know, where would we be today having to deal with a bunch of kids that won't behave, won't submit, won't, you know, you know, it can get messy. And so I'm thankful for a God that's actually alive and handling his business. And he's going to, he's going to fix some things. He's going to set some things straight. And he's starting in the church. There is about to be, um, you know, I remember it's been about two years now. Paula White came to Conroe, Texas, to Marilyn Morton's um, women's meeting. Um, every year she had a conference called Fresh Fragrance, and um, Paula White was there, and she said, there is a paradigm shift happening. 
And a paradigm shift is a pretty big deal. It's going to take some people from off the bottom and put them all the way on the top. And it's going to take a lot of people on the top and it's going to bring them all the way down. And she said that, and we just all kind of left the meeting, but that has just been a resounding, I've been watching it get set up. I've been watching it um, go through all the motions. And today we're literally seeing the paradigm shift. We're seeing the people that we thought would never be brought down. I remember whenever they started running through the streets, trashing all the the statues, all the monuments or whatever, and everything was, and people were coming up to me and saying, oh, Pastor Dolly, what do you think about this? What do you think about they're doing? I'm I'm like, well, you know, I mean, it's just a statue, and it's not, like, my hope is not in that statue. But that statue can become an idol or a god to somebody. You know, it can be that point where you think, you know, that this is so much more important than the lives of the people around us. So I'm not saying, I'm not advocating running around tearing stuff up either. That's that's crazy. And, you know, God's going to bring that all up under control also. We're not going to live in a land that's being ran over by terrorists, regardless, foreign or domestic. You know, we had that plan going in here. But people are hurting, and hurting people hurt people. And But God's going to fix everything. Um, but those are, just, those are just not important. And, you know, you look at all the sports got stopped and sat down. You know, because a lot of the people had become idols. All of Hollywood got stopped and shut down. And look at all the people that had become idols. And you just have all these things, and we just kept building these things. And, and what he's saying here, it goes on in chapter 11 of Jeremiah. It says, um, you obeyed not, you didn't incline your ear, but you walked everyone in the imagination of their own evil heart. Therefore, I will bring upon them the words of this covenant, which I command them to do, but they did them not. And the Lord said to me, a conspiracy is found among the men of Judah and among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And they are turned back to their iniquities of their forefathers, which refused to hear my words. And they went after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel, the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them and they shall not be able to escape it. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Um, Then shall the cities of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem go and cry unto the gods to whom they have offered incense, but they shall not save them at all in this time of their trouble. For according to the number of the cities were their gods, uh, Judah, and according to the number of the streets of Jerusalem, have you set up altars that shameful things, even altars that burn incense to Baal. We had, what it's saying here is we've had more idols and more wonderful things that we thought were so important, more than the number of streets there are. And it says, therefore, pray not for this people and lift up, uh, neither lift up a cry or a prayer for them, for I will not hear them in this time for they, that they cry unto me for their trouble. <clears throat> that was the, this, this verse right here made me cry for, for the last couple of days because it literally is telling me not to pray for them. I have a tendency whenever I know something's going on or someone's in trouble, I immediately start praying for them. But this is the second time in all the years I've been serving the Lord that God has instructed me not to pray for somebody. And I tell you, sometimes it's hard to sit back and watch. I just want to encourage you right now, if you're like me, and it's hard for you to watch things going on and you're not supposed to pray about it. Listen, just pray in the Spirit because God knows what you should be praying for. He knows how to pray correctly for everything so that you don't become an obstacle and you don't get in the way of God being able to do things quickly and efficiently so that our house can get put back in order. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. I've been just praying in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit. That's all you can do, really. 
Um, verse 15 says, What hath my beloved to do in thine house, seeing she wrought lewdness with many, and the holy flesh is passed from thee, when thou doest evil, and then you rejoice? The Lord called your name a green olive tree, fair and of a goodly fruit, and with a noise of a great tumult. He's kindled a fire upon you, and your branches are broken. And, you know, he's, even though what he called and declared all his children to be, and, and they, they didn't, they didn't listen to him. They didn't want to be what God says they are. They took the grace of God and they just ran out and did whatever they wanted to do. I know that the anger of God is reserved back from you. I'm not saying this is the anger of God because it's not. It's the correction of God. He's just going to set things back in order here. And he's not angry. He's not doing it out of anger. If he was doing it out of anger, he would literally obliterate us. You know, he would wipe us off the face of the earth. Um, you know, whenever he flooded the entire world during Noah's time, um, the Bible says every thought of man's heart was only evil continually. And so God repented that he had made man on the earth. And so that was, that was a decision. He had to wipe out everything. And you know what? They all were wiped out except the eight souls on the ark with the animals that he had saved. And then later on at Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, only Lot and his daughters escaped that. Everybody else, it's still a salt dune over there. There was no restoring that back. When, when, there, when there is judgment like that, it is different than what God is doing right now because we know God, and God is a loving Father, and He's going to do what's best for us. And I finally had to tell God, I said, You know what, God, I trust you. I know that you love the people of this earth more than I do. And I know that you know exactly what to do to straighten this out. And I don't. And you know the thoughts and the intents of every person's heart that are involved. And I don't. And even though we think we do, the media is so deceptive. You, you cannot, all of it, all of it, not just the news media, all of it. We don't know what's going on inside people's hearts. We don't know the shoes they're walking in. We don't know the experiences they've had and the things that have been spoken over them and the, the, the belief system that they've been programmed with. We don't know. God does. God does. And so during this season as believers, I just trust the Lord that He's going to do what needs to happen to set us back up so that we're in a position to forever um, secure the world for peace so that Israel can fulfill their calling and their destiny for these last days and so that the church of Jesus Christ can evangelize the world and bring in the harvest. And, and God's got a plan, and he's going to do it. Um, for the Lord of hosts, verse 17, that planted you has pronounced evil against you for the evil of the house of Israel and for the house of Judah, which they have done against themselves to provoke me to anger and offering incense to Baal. Um, the Lord has given me knowledge of it, and I know it, and he showed me their doings. Um, but I was a lamb and like an ox that was brought before the slaughter, and I knew not that they had devised devices against me, saying, Let us destroy the tree, the fruit thereof, and let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name may be no more remembered. But the Lord of hosts that judges righteously has tried the reins in the heart and let me see the vengeance on them. Okay, here's the thing. What happens is the enemy always, every time the enemy's ever done anything, he overplays his hand. 
He devises evil against God's children who are trying to do what God's asked them to do. And immediately God says, no. He clearly tells us, touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. And so, I mean, we're at peace. We're at peace. We, you know, literally during this entire thing, we've been protected. We've been safe. We've, we've been really blessed. And I haven't even had any problems at all. And I'm just grateful to the Lord for his, him taking care of us the way he always has. But because people devise against the church and against the leaders of the church and against, you know, God's chosen that are trying to do what God's called them to do, um, there will be vengeance and it will be displayed for God's children to witness it. Um, and I know that nobody, nobody likes to, to have that said, but it is true. Um, if you go down to chapter 12, I could read every bit of this, but I'm a little short for time. But um, God is righteous, and he's planted us, you know. Like it says in, in chapter 12, verse 2, you've planted them, they've taken root, and they grow, and they bring forth fruit. And the fruit is near their mouth, but they're far from their reins. You know, in other words, God, all these people are confessing that they believe in you and that they, they know you, Lord, but they're far from your reins. They don't want you to tell them how they should be doing other people or what they should be doing, how they should be treating people. When you hear about the, the murders, I mean, just the, the euthanization, how many people are committing suicide right now? How many people have been isolated in nursing homes? Elderly people, sick elderly people that have not been able to see their families for months. And the depression and all the things that are going on. All the isolation. And now we've got families have been stripped of their ability to make a living. We, and uh, so many things. And yet, and yet there's groups of people that haven't missed a beat. And, but all these people, I guess, are, you know, uh, not as important as others. And then you've taken away their ability to go into the house of God when everybody knows, like right now, we know that this pandemic is not even a pandemic, you know, and now, now what, you know, um, it says in verse four, how long will the land mourn and the herbs of every field wither for the wickedness of them that dwell therein and the beast are consumed the birds because they said he shall not see our last end listen he says if you've run with the footmen and they've wearied you how are you going to contend with horses and if in the land of peace where you trusted they wearied you how are you going to do in the swelling of the jordan even your brethren in the house of your father even they have dealt treacherously with you yea they have called the multitude after you believe them not they speak fair words unto you, but um, he says, I have forsaken mine house and I've left mine heritage and I've given dearly beloved of my soul the land of their enemies. Listen, even his own children that are devising evil against the house of God, that's where the enemy messed up. That's where the enemy messed up. God says, my own heritage, it says in verse 8, has become like a lion in the forest that cries out at me. You know, the, the church, these Christians, these people that confess the Lord Jesus Christ are, are hating on God. And um, verse 10, many pastors have destroyed my vineyard and have trodden my portion underfoot and they've made the pleasant portion a desert wilderness. 
He says in verse 13, they, they've sown wheat, but they're going to reap thorns. They've, they've put themselves in pain, and they will not profit. And they shall be ashamed of the revenues because of the fierce anger of the Lord. And the Lord is against all my evil neighbors that touch my inheritance, which I've caused my people Israel to inherit. Behold, I will pluck them out of the land and pluck them out of the house of Judah from among them. So this is all that God is going to do. And then it says in verse 15, But then I'm just, when it comes to pass that after I've plucked them out, I will return and I will have compassion on them and I will bring them again, every man to his heritage, every man to his house. And it shall come to pass if they'll diligently learn my ways of my people and swear by my name that the Lord liveth, as he's taught the people to swear, that they shall be built again in the midst of my people. But if they will not obey, I will utterly pluck out and destroy that nation. So what the Lord is saying is he's going to do what needs to happen here because he's going to preserve the church in the earth. Um, that was where the enemy overplayed his hand. He was getting away with quite a bit, and the church was just kind of chilling out, just watching, observing, trying to get a handle on it, trying to discern what was happening in the spirit realm. And, and you know, that was one thing. When I heard them say that the church was non-essential, and to this day, churches in California are being shut down, their pastors are being arrested, they're, they're going to court, their people are being What are we living in some kind of God-forsaken um, um, country where uh, we're not allowed to serve God? You know, it's, it's gotten a little bit off base, and that's where the devil went wrong. And I'm just letting you know, the enemy always goes one step too far. Well, now Dad has gotten up. Dad has gotten up. And so although I want to preach all happiness and, and joys and things, which are for the kingdom of God, we're fine. It's like we're in Goshen right now. You know, even, even all the plagues are going on all around us and stuff, but we're all fine. And, and it's going to stay that way until God sorts it all out. And that is what's going to happen next. And so although I want to come on here and tell you all these positive things, I'm telling you right now, I would, if, you're, if you're not in the church and you're not, locked in and you're not trying to serve the Lord, I would first of all repent. And um, I, I would. You can do what you want to do. It's, it's a free country. You absolutely can do what you want to do. But, but I would repent and I would ask God to please forgive me and help me get on track with serving him. And I would get back in church and I would get locked in and I would never go back out again. Um, because we're about to witness some things and God's going to have the last say. And I'm telling you right now, God and only God is holding back the evil that would love to destroy all of us. He's the only thing holding back the evil. Don't think for one minute that everybody in this world is afraid of our army or our military or our president or our political leaders or our system. Don't, don't be deceived. The only thing holding back evil from completely taking over the entire planet right now is the fact that the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well. And you as a Christian, just hang on. Stay at peace. Stay at peace. It's going to look a little bit worse now than what it's been looking like up to this point. But the grace of God is on you. You have patience, which is creating in you endurance, which is creating in you a hope. Just sit back and relax and um, go to church, read your Bible, pray, um, you know, connect with believers, 
keep yourself surrounded by people that love you and care for you and are, are going to be praying for you. And, and just hang on. This is going to be a short season. He's going to get this all straightened out pretty quick here. It's going to happen quickly. And at the same time, while he's bringing down the people that he wants to bring out of leadership, he is about to promote all the people that have been waiting in the wings to get their opportunity. He's about to put brand new leaders in all the seven mountains of influence. He is raising up people and you've been waiting, you've been praying, you've been believing God. This is your season. Don't get discouraged. Don't get caught up in it or tied up in it. Don't don't even pray about it. Just pray in the spirit. Trust God. Um, it may be people you know. It may be people that you don't know. It may, you know, you may see circumstances and situations that, you know, you don't like the way it's going. But trust me, God loves everybody more than you do. God has every person's next breath in his power. And he's going to set things straight because the church is here. We have a job to do. We're not finished. And this book will be completed exactly the way our Daddy God said it would be. So I love you. I thank you very much for listening. I'm excited about what God's doing, although this makes me sad and I've cried a lot. But, you know, God's got us and we're going to be fine and we're going to go forward and we're going to do the will of God and we're going to accomplish powerful things. Amen. Because the church in the earth is unstoppable. Praise God. Listen, I love you, and I will talk to you again real soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye.